This right here is what Mondays are all about. It is just no notes. You're just spitting hot fire on all the stuff that we watched over the course of the weekend. Went on vacation this weekend with the family, but I got home just in time to see the second half of Seahawks versus Buccaneers and then the full slate. So let's get right to it. We'll skip Thursday's game because, of course, that has already been covered, and it's the Falcons and the Panthers, and who cares? Bucks 21, Seahawks 16. Unfortunately, the bottom was going to eventually fall out on my sweetheart Seahawks. <laughs> but this game was much more about the Bucks really finding their way in Germany and also the German crowd. Can we have more games in I Germany? Know. That felt like a Super Bowl. They were ready. They were singing American songs, country roads, John Denver. I was here for That's it. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think the Bucks found their stride offensively. That, to me, is what it's about. They finally found a run game. I mean, Rashad White, hopefully not at the expense of my fantasy player in Leonard Fournette. He did say he's going to be okay and he's going to be able to play next game. That just came out a little bit ago. Uh, but, yeah, the Seahawks finally humbled, and the Bucks clinched the NFC South. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You have no confidence whatsoever that anybody else in that division is going to be able to get it done. The Saints are terrible. The Falcons are terrible. And the pa- the Panthers, I actually think I like the Panthers fun. the most of the three other teams, but we know they don't have the talent to keep up. I think as far as the Bucks' run game goes, you'll probably see a split. They're not going to move off of Leonard Fournette right. entirely, but Rashad White is clearly more explosive, and he breaks tackles. Did you see the play where he basically Marshawn lynched a Seahawks yes. defender? Yes. Came full awesome. circle, happening against the Seahawks. Yeah. Impressive. That's big. They need somebody that they can rely on on the ground. I don't know if that was a one-week thing, but uh, for their sake, you hope it keeps up. Yeah, they did it against... So it was against Seattle, where the original Beast Mode took place. Also, an NFC South opponent mm. involved in the scenario. Saints. Last time it was the Saints. That's right. The Chiefs take down the Jags 27-17 at Arrowhead. So uh, the Jags streak of not winning a game at Arrowhead will continue on, and we'll have that fun fact for you uh, whenever they play again in the future. It hasn't happened since 2007. This is one of those games where Patrick Mahomes looks like he doesn't need Tyreek Hill, but we've seen a couple of moments throughout the season where it looks like he really misses him. Now Juju Smith-Schuster is in concussion protocol. so My guy, though. Yeah, I mean, they just continue to figure out ways, although it's easier to figure out those ways when you play against the Jags. Well, I, I mentioned it last week, forecasted it, that this might be a game where they just experiment with Kadarius Toney and try to find different ways to get him involved. And... The pogo sticked into the end zone. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. He, he made that play, and then he adjusted his gloves before he went up and made a Malston type of catch. So, so talented. This is the beginning of the Tony Chiefs era. I'm going to have to hold my nose throughout the whole thing. He's about to really put in some work. You like to see the Jags at least not getting completely, utterly blown out in this one. They fought. One. Yeah, they, they fought, fought in this one. Christian Kirk, nine grabs. You know, he's been fairly productive. So They had uh, an opportunity. There was an opportunity at the end of the first half. They had scored a touchdown and then kicked the ball off to Kansas City. Kansas City fumbles the kick return. The Jags jump on it. They can't. They have just enough time. They can't really run any plays. They're just lining up to kick a field goal, and hopefully, you you take. It would have been twenty to ten going into the half instead of twenty to seven, and they missed the field goal. So you got a freebie, yeah. freebie three points that you didn't get. You got to capitalize on those. That wasn't the, dif- the difference in the game. It was a ten point game, but still, you have to capitalize on those situations. Especially at Arrowhead, you must capitalize. Oh, on yeah. every single possibility. <laughs> the Chiefs are going to give you free points. Go ahead and take them. Dolphins 39, Browns 17. 
the most decisive win of the Dolphins' season, dare I say. I, I guess I have to look up the schedule here. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's what this game was. They've been There's a reason I bet against the Dolphins this week, and believe me, it hurt. It pained me to do so. But they haven't been blowing teams out. They, they stay in these games. Yeah, I mean, really, since week one, when they beat the Patriots 20-7, to which wasn't nearly as decisive as this one was, because that was really one big play that busted that game open. This was from beginning to end. The Dolphins looked like one of the best teams in the NFL, and the Browns looked less than mid. Yeah, pretty no, much. It's almost the football equivalent. What the Dolphins can do uh, to baseball is hitting a three-run homer. Like they have the power. They have Tua, who's able to go downfield, who's able to hit. You know, Tyreek and Waddle and McDaniel playbook. They're able to get Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson's been very productive yeah. since they've gotten him. So. Uh, they're able to hit the three-run homer, and teams like the Browns with Brissett at QB aren't really able to chase those points. Very curious to see what that team looks like in the playoffs because now it's 7-3. and three. They haven't technically clinched, clinched a playoff spot, but they've clinched a playoff spot. You know, they are. The Dolphins are, are here to stay. Curious to see how this translates when we get into the postseason. How about the Vikings and the Bills? We'll probably spend an hour on this one. This one, final in overtime, 33-30. to 30. The sequence towards the end of regulation was one of the wildest scenes I've ever seen in a football game where you had uh, fourth and one from the one, and the Vikings are trying their best to get into the end zone. They've got to score a touchdown. They're down by four, so they can't rely on a field goal. There's only like 40 seconds left. They try a sneak with Kirk Cousins. He doesn't get it, but they're down on the one, so the Bills get the ball back, and all they really want to do is create just enough space so that Josh Allen can kneel the ball without taking a safety. So they try their own version of a QB sneak, and wouldn't you know it, the wild world of 1 o'clock games in the NFL, he fumbles it. The Vikings jump on it, touchdown. The Bills, because they have Josh Allen, then are able to drive the field in 30 seconds and get uh, a field goal. They take the game to overtime. Justin Jefferson has one of the great catches that we've ever seen. Doesn't it seem like every other week there's like a new catch that's the greatest catch we've ever seen? Well, this one was like the Odell catch, but also David Tyree because there were defenders and he held on with one arm. And on top of it all, fourth and 18 with their, you know, livelihood on the line, game on the line. So Unreal. That was... Uh, yeah, game of, of the year right there? Uh, I mean, so far, it's definitely being labeled as such, and it's kind of hard to disagree with. Based on both teams' records, I'd probably go with that. Hard to argue with that. Let's move to the Lions and the Bears, 31-30. to Oh, Dan, you're picking up wins. Too, it's too little too late here, but I'm, I'm happy to see anytime Dan Campbell and those Lions that we fell in love with during Hard Knocks can pick up a victory... You know, it's hard not to have a smile on your face, even if I had the Bears minus three in this matchup, which they were dominating all throughout. Justin Fields is incredible. So as nice as it is to see the Lions get a victory, my biggest takeaway is still Justin Fields is turning into a real live quarterback with his very own type of game and dimension. He throws the ball well, but still most of what he does is on the ground, 147 yards. So another game where he puts uh, um, on at least 140 on the ground, multiple touchdowns. He's incredible. Oh, my God, doing historic things in terms of running for touchdowns, throwing for touchdowns. If he can ever really take that throwing game, passing game to the next level, then we got truly possibly one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And, oh, man, my Giants are one of the teams that decided not to go with him and trade the pick away. And 
man, he could be making a lot of teams sorry in a few years. But the Bears still, I think they said they're the first team in NFL history to score 29 points three straight weeks and lose all three games. So mm-hmm. they still got some figuring out to do, but uh, you got to be fired up if you're a Bears fan at what the potential could be. Almost like they should have hung on to Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. That would have been a good idea. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's not for this year anyway. It's kind of like having you know good relievers when you're a team that's not going to make the playoffs in baseball. So I know, punt but it, those away and eventually rebuild the defense when as the team gets better. I, I agree, and then they're doing the right. It's the right thing. They're still in a rebuild process. They weren't actually going to win anything, but when you start to see a player break out, especially one that uses his legs as often as Justin Fields does, that window feels so small to capitalize. So. Um, Hopefully, he's still playing like this next year and the Bears go all in in the offseason because that team could be a lot of fun to watch. And because they're Chicago, they're going to be on primetime all the time. So we need kind of like they're one of those teams in sports that we kind of want to be good because they're going to be thrown in our face whether we like it or not. Yeah, this is true. I mean, NFL is probably better when you have a good Bears team. So, I think so. Yeah, there's that. them in the offseason will be one of the teams to look out for based right. on what they're building. This one ought to be quick. Titans 17, Broncos 10. Um, the Broncos defense has to be so annoyed with that inept offense. They continue to hold teams to less than 20 points, and they continue to lose football games. I saw a stat out there where if they had just scored 18 points in all of their games, they'd have... I forget what the record was, but it's a really good record. Instead, they're three and six. I think they'd have like one loss. Um, so the the Broncos' defense is really good. They held Derrick Henry to fifty three yards, but their offense can't do anything. I mean, you just summed it up perfectly. They tried anything. Apparently, that uniform combo that they won in London with the white up top and the the blue pants with the blue socks. They yeah. had never done that in Broncos franchise history until that London game. They won with it. It went back to the well. It didn't work this time. That was the first time they did white on top and blue on the bottom? Yeah, they usually just go all white on the road. Interesting. Yeah. I would never would have guessed that. I'm here for the uniform combos, especially if they work. But Very that's, important. That's what the Broncos are up against. They're just trying stuff like that. The Giants 24, Texans 16. Doesn't really look like a blowout on paper, but in watching this game, the Giants were in control all the way through. you got to love the way Saquon ran the football. 35 carries, 152 yards. So the Giants just continue to to do their thing. I mean, Saquon can't say enough about him. Big time carries. I'm here for that. I'm here for the grinded out style of play that they bring. Would have liked to have won like forty to nothing, but yeah. you know that that's not something I projected to happen. I thought if they won, it would be exactly like this. Couldn't stomach a loss. Didn't think a loss was possible. Damian Pierce held it down for the Texans. He's good. Stingley's good. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot to love on that Texans roster, so good for the Giants just improving to 7-2 and two yeah, with inc- the Lions next week. Incredible record. So they're shooing for the playoffs, too. Steelers 20, Saints 10. I think the Saints season is officially cooked. And, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett still has a lot of room to grow. It was good to see T.J. Uh, Watt back, by the way. I want to make sure I mention that before I forget. Oh, he did come back? I had heard T.J. He... Watt was on the field. I'm pretty sure I saw him make a couple tackles. Oh, it's weird because I thought I saw a Shefty report before the game that he wouldn't make the debut. I'm not sure. Okay, well, let me make sure that my eyes weren't deceiving me. Yeah, he had four tackles. That's weird. So I'm pretty sure he played. (laughs) There you go. I I didn't watch that game at all. Well, it was the the most one. There's always one game, and there were probably multiple, but this was the most whatever game this week in the NFL. I mean, usually when the Giants are on at one, even if it is, like I remember saying it out loud, if I wasn't a Giants fan, 
I wouldn't want anyone to tune into this one. This is kind of a rough one. But. Yeah, there's still Saquon. You know, he's interesting. Yes. Uh, Colts 25, Raiders 20, and Jeff Saturday picks up his very first win as an NFL coach. You happy to see it? Love to see it. <laughs> In the words of Jim Irsay, yeah, I'm Jeff Saturday's Colts. I don't know. People are sleeping. This guy has the qualities to be a leader of men. I think people forget what a good player he was on the football field for like a really winning Colts team led yeah. by Peyton Manning. But Saturday was kind of the hand-in-glove fit with that roster, and he's adored by Colts fans and alumni, so he's got a lot of respect around that building. Again, they're playing the Raiders and Josh McDaniels Raiders at that, so I saw people tweeting they should have like a pros versus Joes challenge, get somebody off the couch to coach against Josh McDaniels every week and see how they fare. <laughs> yeah, that would be hysterical. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as, as much as Jeff Saturday is the story, the big takeaway is probably Josh McDaniels doesn't work as a head coach, and he's most likely going to get fired again. Poor Raiders. Right? Poor Raiders. Poor Devontae Adams. I know. Well, maybe not poor. He's making big money. Yeah, he's making big <laughs> money. But, man, it would be a lot more interesting watching him with the Green Bay Packers. We'll move to that game. 31-28. That one went to overtime. Big-time comeback in the fourth quarter. Packers scored two touchdowns late. They finally found a passing game deep, deep down the field. It only took them ten games to figure that out. But Christian Watson can absolutely fly, so he looks like he was worthy of the pick that they used on him early, early second round. And, uh, yeah, they get the job done. Always feels like a big deal when the Packers and Cowboys play it for. Been waiting on the Christian Watson game. It finally happened. I, our, Sam Monson, who contributes to the show from PFF, talk, talked about it as like the, the whale, beach whale explosion game. I don't know if that's the proper phrase, but when a, a beach whale is laying on the beach, it rots and eventually explodes. And that's what his <laughs> his analogy to like a once great. once great, once proud franchise that has done a lot of winning in the past and is bad they're due for an explosion game and that, that i don't know if i explained it properly but th- i think that's i got what it that was yeah <laughs> i got it that's a really funny analogy it was great cardinals 27 rams 17 in a game of uh, colt mccoy versus john wolford so yeah that happened the wolfman yeah i couldn't get it done i feel like <laughs> I, there was, maybe it was a couple years ago where the Cardinals and Rams played later in the season, and it was Chris Strievler versus John Wolford, and I, I think it was the Wolfman who delivered that time. But yeah, the Rams are in shambles. Cooper Cup went down with an injury later on in that. Oh, game. that it's, one looked ugly. Yeah. Uh, they they got the uh, X-rays back, and he avoided any major injury. But still, I'd be shocked if he came back. For the Rams, is this the worst drop off from Super Bowl to the very next season that we've ever seen? It could, it could. I think really we be. so. We need to look that up this, because that is we've seen teams miss the playoffs. But the Rams went from winning the Super Bowl, where we're like, "Oh, well, you can lock them into the NFC title game for the next five years with the roster they have," and they're just straight up bad. Even if they had Matt Stafford, they're still a bad football team. They've been bad all year. Well, their offensive line has collapsed, and outside of Donald and Ramsey on that defense, there's just not enough like guys to fill in solid roles. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I saw them lose a couple guys in the offseason. I thought it might hurt. But not this much, and uh, they they could be in trouble for a while because they sold away all their picks, and I don't know if their current nucleus is actually good enough to get it done. All right, we'll wrap with the 49ers taking down the Chargers on Sunday Night Football, 22-16. Both teams are now 5-4. and four. 
credit to the Chargers for hanging in this one because this was the worst possible matchup for them as a team. They can't stop the run, and the 49ers got Elijah Mitchell back. They got Debo Samuel back, Christian McCaffrey now in full swing with this team and that offense, so they can run the football right down your throat. They did at times, but still, the game was a lot closer, and I thought the Chargers dominated in that first half. So uh, they just need to get guys back. Like yeah. The Chargers aren't going to win anything substantial until they get their players back. They always have so many injuries. I agree, and the Niners' defense stepped up at times that they needed to. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, it's funny. They traded all those picks for... I've been kind of messing around because you are such a big fantasy MC. Yeah. I've been calling him a part-time back. You know, he got, what, 13 to 15 carries while Elijah Mitchell got 18, and people were making a big deal out of that on Twitter. But, like, no, nah, CMC is what he is. He is good in a not a part-time role, but he's more of a pass-catching guy, less between the tackles. You get Elijah for those in-between-the-tackles yeah. carries, and CMC's probably going to be a good fit in San Francisco. Looks like he's going to stay healthy, too. You know, just the way he runs. It's very smooth. It feels like he's not working too hard. Well, and I think that's a good role for him, even yeah. though they probably overpaid for his usage, quote-unquote. But yeah. I think it's efficient usage. One take per game right there. We do it every single Monday afternoon. We zone out with Jake Chapman next. You're listening to In the Zone on 96.9 The Game. It's big time right there. Embers Only is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company. CoronaCigar.com. Can you believe the year's almost over? Hey, this is RC Hill from.